Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! Hi everybody, welcome back once again. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King and we're all set to go against the spread on this week number one of the 2023 NFL football season and week number two in college football. And Victor of college football this week is anything like it was last week. We're in for quite a treat. A very exciting weekend, Mark. You got that right. You know, for a lot of football fans out there, a lot of sports bettors, a lot of handicappers, this is a weekend in which we have been looking forward to since the Super Bowl ended six months ago. The first full combined week of college football and the NFL. And if we can take a quick look at what just happened over the weekend, I do see here that the Mark Lawrence preferred pick service went two and one over the weekend in college football. Nicely done. And of course, he wrapped that up with that big Monday night winner on Duke plus the double digits at home completely dominated the Clemson Tigers. Uh, I do know that Duke was a sharp play. Mark was on Duke, didn't even need the points. What was the final score of that game? 28 to 7 for the Blue Devils. What a great start for that ACC team, Mark. And you know what else? The Sunday night game, that was exciting as well. You know, that's the game that we talked about in last week's podcast that LSU-Florida State game, and we hit both sides of that one, Mark. Florida State, that was your side. The over, we got that with a couple of late touchdowns in the fourth quarter of that game. We hit that one as well. But like you just said, a very entertaining weekend and a good start for you. Well, it's always entertaining, Victor, when the best bets in the Playbook newsletter sweep the board and go 3-0, and as they did last week. So all I can say is bring it on. We're looking forward to more this weekend in college football and the NFL as well. The one head-scratching thing to me, Victor, that happened last week, and I don't think anybody saw this coming, was the success of the Pac-12 Conference. They are 13-0 in their first 13 games this football season. Only two point spread losses in those 13 games. Kudos to the Pac-12. They've been taking it on the chin, a lot of wrapping and bad Bad news for the Pac-12, the Pac-12 Bears, bad news Bears, if you will. But like I say, kudos to them. They bounced back and they went 13-0 and last week in college football. My best bet, don't look for 13-0 and this week. <laughs> you know, Mark, um, and you mentioned convincingly 80% against the spread as well for the Pac-12. The only real highlight, of course, the irony is that this is a conference that's probably not going to be in play next season as everybody is bolting and heading east or heading to the Midwest. But you mentioned their very good ATS record. Not too many other conferences have done very well thus far. Uh, Big 10, I've got them at 5 and 8 ATS. Big 12, 4 and 6. SEC, 5 and 4. ACC, 7 and 5 ATS thus far. You know, it was a great week for the hosts last week, the home cooking in college football, Mark. Home teams went 29-17 and 17 against the spread. Wow. It was profitable whether you were laying or taking it home as home favorites went 19-13 and 13 ATS. 
home dogs, eight and four ATS. And uh, after two weeks in college football now, that's week zero and week one, dogs and favorites are sitting right down the middle at 26 and 26 ATS. What we will note, of course, is that after two weeks, teams playing with revenge have done very well at, uh, oh, just over 67%. Teams coming into the season playing with revenge, 15 and 7 ATS thus far. Uh, one more thing about totals. You know, we talked about the totals last week in college football, Mark, and uh, how they may be impacted with these new rule changes. And right now, I know we're only a couple of weeks into it, but it may have been much ado about nothing, perhaps. I know it's early, but year to date in college football, there's been 29 overs, 22 unders, 57% actually over the total. The interesting thing is it's been the conference games that have been low scoring. Same conference games in the first two weeks of the season, only one over, five unders. It's been the non-conference games that have been high scoring as those affairs have gone 28 and 17 over under. That's 28 overs, 17 unders, 62% over the total against the spread in non-conference games. Again, we'll see how the rules play out throughout the rest of the season. But for now, some of those rule changes, Mark, may have just been, again, like I say, much ado about nothing. So far, much to ado about nothing, Victor. We'll see if it continues that way, if they will. The oddsmakers will not have any to be make any adjustments. If they don't, you know, they'll adjust accordingly. And I think we'd be remiss, Victor, if we didn't mention last week's monster upset wins. There were two coaches that made their coaching debuts in the FBS last week. They were both 20-point underdogs, and they both won the games in convincing fashion. A tip of the hat to Coach Prime, Deion Sanders on the Colorado, that big upset win that they had. Uh, unbelievable uh, how we had a football team geared. There's nobody in the country other than maybe his family that was looking for an effort like that from them in their first football game. The other, G.K. Kinney uh, from Texas State. He took over a football program there. He came over from Incarnate Ward, where his programs at Incarnate Ward were scoring machines. They averaged almost 50 points a game, and he did just that, beating Baylor as a 27-point underdog. So, Tip of the hat to both G.K. Kinney and primetime Sanders, Deion Sanders, for a job well done on the football card this week. Victor, I'll be interested to see how these two teams fare this week. I will too, Mark. Uh, now, uh, as we talked about at the top of the show, we also have week one of the NFL coming up. It's a very good lineup of games. we got a handful of uh, divisional games as well, and perhaps that's where we should head uh, for our next little segment. Yeah, we've got a, a good amount of NFL football games. I know the NFL football world has been jonesing for this football season here and a lot of coverage in the offseason here. In fact, we put our football newsletter together, Victor, uh, from Sunday through Wednesday here today, and it was a, another labor of love. But what I found myself doing is, as I always do every year in the offseason, I'll make copy and save notes from what I picked up from nice key stats situations and so forth and whatnot. And I had a volume of them on the national football league this week. And I decided to share a lot of them in this week's playbook football newsletter. So you'll find a lot of meat and potatoes when it comes to the NFL side of things inside the playbook football newsletter. And I know also Victor that the playbook totals tip sheet makes its debut this week. 
Right you are, Mark, and here it is. We sent it out on uh, Monday, uh, Labor Day, issue number one of the totals tip sheet. Our best bets are tackling all three of the primetime games this week. That would be the Chiefs and Lions on Thursday night, the Giants and the Cowboys on Sunday night, and the Bills and the Jets on Monday night. Again, it's six pages of over-under information. We're adding an additional best bet this season as it's going to be a two-for-two-go week every week throughout the season with two of his team totals every week. Again, available for just $11. That's issue number one. Full season subscription, 119 Again, available at playbooksports.com. I know that'll keep Jeff from Canada, the guitar man, happy two for Tuco every week because he's a huge Tuco fan, and I look forward to reading that, as will a lot of the Playbook Totals tip sheet viewers and listeners. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, we're going to move on to our first segment of the week this week, and it's our, if you will, our college football game of the week. And right now at uwager.lv, you can get 5% juice on Fridays, 5% free juice on Fridays, minus say 5% on your juice every Friday, but make all your wages for the weekend, do it on Fridays at our friends over at uwager.lv. Victor, with that, let's take a look at our college football game of the week on tap this week. And we've got a pretty nice football game. In fact, we've got a dandy of a football game with Texas A&M, the upstart Aggies, take on Alabama and Nick Saban. Both of these football teams, Victor, are coming off of disappointing efforts last season. I know Jimbo Fisher just about put himself in the hot seat for the effort that he put up last year. And Nick Saban, he's got to be seething now. It's been He didn't make the college football playoff last year, and we've called this out in the Playbook Football Preview Guide magazine. He is 88-8. and eight the next season in games when he suffers two losses on the year. So you're going to have two focused football teams here. How do you see Texas A&M and Alabama shaking out this Saturday? Now, I think you're talking about the Texas Longhorns. You did mention Texas A&M and the Aggies. Oh, I'm sorry and, about and, that. And I think I know why that's on Mark's mind, because his favorite coach of all time, Jimbo Fisher and his Aggies, are going to be down here in South Florida over the weekend taking on our Miami of Florida Hurricanes. So and that is, was also going to be our second choice for the game, Victor. So right, that's right. Either way, we, we're covered either way with the uh, Lone Star State, that's for sure. Exactly. But let's get to the game that we did decide to do on the football card this week. I'm going to pass it off to you, Victor, here for our big showdown game this particular week. Take it away, if you will. ESPN-TV, nationally televised, 7 o'clock at night, Bryant-Denny Stadium, of course, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Again, 7 o'clock kickoff, Texas Longhorns, number 11 against number 3, Alabama Crimson Tide. In terms of the point spread, uh, Bama opened up minus 7.5. It's pretty much minus 7 across the board as we speak, and the over-under line opened at 57. It's come down a couple of points. It looks like the early action has come in on the under, and it's crossed over a key number. It's down to 54.5 as we record our podcast on Wednesday afternoon. More on that key number in a minute. And, you know, Mark, just like, you know, last week's FSU-LSU game, these two teams also played each other last season. It was in week two action down in Austin, Texas. Uh, Alabama was that big road favorite of three touchdowns. The over-under line was 64-and-a-half. And, of course, everybody knows by now the final score was a 
Crimson Tide squeaker, 20 to 19. A late field goal wins it by one point for the visiting Tide. The game did go under by 25 and a half points. Of course, this weekend brings us a beautiful rematch. We got playoff favorite Alabama. They're welcoming their future conference rival in Texas on Saturday night. One thing that we will see this year's edition is a lot more of sophomore Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers, who, if you remember last year, he was 9 of 12 with over 100 yards passing before leaving last year's game with an early shoulder injury. So we should see him from the get-go playing all four quarters on Saturday night. Of course, they've got stud wide receiver and future NFL star Xavier Worthy. He led the way in that game. And, of course, he's got plenty of uh, offensive contributors to join him in this 2023 season with all those extra weapons. Uh, Think of this as a very big defensive test for the host Tide, and we'll see how they perform against a legit, high-powered college football offense. And this could very well be the best receiving core that they're going to have to deal with all season long. Uh, It's not lost on us either that the Tide is dealing with some significant injuries in an unproven secondary. Uh, In the last three seasons, Texas Longhorn games have averaged a combined 70.3 when they are priced as underdogs of less than two touchdowns, like they are in this particular game. And, of course, at the quarterback spot, Alabama – is going to be starting Jalen Milrow again at quarterback after he accounted for five touchdowns in that big week one win against Middle Tennessee State last week, the Blue Raiders. Two rushing touchdowns for Milrow, three passing touchdowns, and he had a killer quarterback rating of 217.8. It's no longer the Bryce Young and Jamar Gibbs show for the Tide. Uh, Nick Saban, head coach of Alabama, He was pretty much sandbagging throughout the entire offseason. He knew he had the right guy in Milrow all along. And now pretty much all of America does as well. He's a good game manager, quarterback. He can make plays in the rushing and the passing departments. And another one from our database here, Mark, short favorites of 10 or less points, Alabama games have averaged 76.3 combined points per game over the last four seasons in games in which they're favored by less than 10 points. I mentioned the major move. The OU line on this one has made a major move, again, from the opener of 57 down to the current number of 54-and-a-half. And this is the time where sharp totals better should probably make a move. You know, we can't ignore, first off, that this year's line is 10 points less than last year's. And that big move, that's creating some value here. We're also aware that the number of 55 is a very key over-under number when it comes to college football. There are multiple different popular scores that can occur that have a college football game finishing exactly on 55 points, like 28 to 27, 31 to 24, 34 to 21, 38 to 17, 41 to 14 and 42 to 13. All of those outcomes finish exactly on 55.0 points. Now that we are below that number, 
we can confidently recommend a two-star opinion play on the over. But make sure you do this. Draw the line at 54 and a half points when you make your play. If it goes up, we're going to pass. But at 54 and a half mark, we're going to call that a strong two-star opinion on what should be a fun and high-scoring outcome. I like what Victor says here, guys. It's like if you go into your favorite store, you've got something in mind that you want to buy, and you had a price that you were willing to pay for it, you find the item, and it's a little more than you were willing to pay for. What Victor's saying is leave the store. Don't pay the overcharged price. 54 and a half for the cutoff on this football game. If you find it, you and Victor will be going over the total in the football game. I commented about Alabama on last week's show. We called them as the team, I think, that will make it to the NCAA championship and win the championship game this year. A lot of that is predicated on Nick Saban and the desire that he has to bounce back and be the number one force in college football. He's lost a lot of luster to the Georgia Bulldogs, largely because Georgia has done a terrific job recruiting and, in fact, out-recruited Nick Saban the last couple of years. But when you look inside the recruiting numbers inside the Playbook Football Preview Guide magazine, you'll note that over the last three years combined, it's still Alabama number one in the country in recruiting. Thus, the players they lose in the National Football League draft, they don't take as big of a hit because they just plug and play through the Crimson Tide every year. And you mentioned Nolro, the quarterback coming up for Alabama here. You know, he's a lot like Bryce Smith was uh, for Alabama. And even Mac Jones, they are they're game managing quarterbacks. You know, they're not they're not going to be the star of the football team. They don't want to be the star of the football team. They just want to execute. And I think, like you said, Victor, I think Saban kept that under his hat pretty much all summer long. And I know he, he likes the guy that he's got behind center in this particular football game. Bama's opening up with two in a row at home. The last seven times they've done that, they're seven and zero straight up and five and two to the spread. And you've also got, on the other side, Texas comes in here having scared the bejeebers out of Alabama last year, as you as you recalled here, in that one-point win as a 21-point home dog. That's only going to get Nick Saban's full attention in this football game. Bottom line to me is I have an angle inside this game, not even an angle, we'll call it a coaching angle. Nick Saban just eats up and chews former assistant coaches. We all know that. He's 28 and two in his 30 games on the scoreboard against former coaches and assistants. But what you didn't know is in those same football games, when he's not having to lay more than 18 points in those football games, he's a perfect four and all straight up and against the spread at home in these contests. That's the role that he'll be in in this particular game. I think Alabama rolls, the Crimson Tide rolls in this football game over the Texas Longhorns. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. I'm visiting with Victor King from King Creole Sports, and we're going over the college and pro football cards. And Victor, what do you say? Let's move it over to the National Football League side of things. Our National Football League Game of the Week will be another dandy on tap. The Philadelphia Eagles taking on the New England Patriots. That our NFL Game of the Week is being brought to you by our friends at uwager.lv, where the world bets, uwager.lv. They asked me to let you know, and this is pretty exciting news here, guys. They have a $15,000 NFL handicapping contest. Every week there's an NFL handicapping contest at uwager.lv. You can win $15,000 by participating. There's no charge to do it. All you need to do, it's free for anybody that's an active player at uwager.lv. 
get your share of that $15,000 bounty kitty, if you will, log on now at uwager.lv. Victor, I'll let you start this, this matchup off here between the Eagles and the Patriots. How do you see this one coming down? Right, Mark. This is uh, usually there's what maybe two, three of the late afternoon kickoffs, but uh, we're in for a treat here in the first week of the season. There are five of the late afternoon kickoffs games, the games after four o'clock Eastern time. This is one of those games of Philadelphia, anywhere from a three and a half to four point road favorite. And in terms of the total, it opened at 46. It's down to 45. It's come down a full point. Now, you may think one point doesn't matter, but in this particular case, it pretty much does. This is actually one of our totals, tip sheet plays for the week, and I may as well let the cat out of the bag here. And we're going to be going under the total in this Eagles and the Patriots game. Number one, you got to remember, you, you must exercise caution in this first week of the NFL season for sure. if you're planning on betting multiple games over the total. I would not advise it. Last year in week one, five overs, 11 unders, only averaged 42.1 combined points per game in week one. Uh, we've got a segment coming up later in which we'll talk about how low scoring last season really was in the NFL. You're going to want to take a look at that segment when it does indeed come up. But again, we are going under in this non-conference battle between the Eagles and the Patriots and I did make my wager at the opener of 46. As I mentioned, sharp money coming in on the under as we're currently sitting at 45.0. If you're going to join me, 45 is a key number in the NFL. Remember how we just talked about how key 55 was in college football? Yep. 45 is a key number in the NFL. If you can somehow find a 45 and a half or a 46, then this is a legitimate Three-star play on the under. At the current number of 45, we are going to be calling this a two-star opinion. Again, on the under. Uh, basically, if you check out this week's Totals Tip Sheet newsletter, the All Systems Are Go section on page three gives you a very good explanation why we like this game under the total. Number one, here we go. We've got another game in the NFL in which the road team is laying points. As we've covered numerous times in the past, I cannot ignore database results like this, particularly in the first game of the season. Like this one, game one, non-division games in the NFL, when the road team is favored by three or more points, these games have gone three, 16, and one over under. That's only three overs, 16 unders in the last 10 wow. years. And again, game one, non-division games, road team favorite, over under 46 or less. In the last three years, these games have gone a perfect 0 and 7 to the under, only 33.7 combined points per game. Also, we've got that powerhouse Eagles team, last year's representative in the uh, NFC Conference in the Super Bowl. They're laying points on the road against an AFC opponent. And again, this is another situation where you always want to go low. It's now gone 5, 22, and 1 over the last four years when an NFC conference team is favored on the road against an AFC conference opponent. You got that in this one with the Eagles currently laying four against the New England Patriots. 
I'll finish it up with a with a uh, look at each team's trends in their very very first game. First off, we can't ignore that the New England Patriots perfect 0-5 to the under. That zero overs, five unders in their game ones in the last five years. How about the Eagles? Five and 19 over under all time in game ones versus any non-division opponent. There you have it. Again, we're currently sitting at 45.0. At that line mark, we call it a two-star strong opinion. If you can find a 45 and a half or a 46, we bump this one up to a legit three-star play. Again, Eagles, Patriots, under the total in the late afternoon kickoffs. Victor goes under the total once again, under week here on Mark Lawrence against the spread in that big football clash between the Eagles and the Patriots. And with that, I want to welcome our friend Jim Feist onto the show. Jim, a noted NFL expert. Well, yeah, I, go- do, I, I said that Tom Brady isn't there anymore. And the question now is, was Tom Brady the only reason that the, uh, the Patriots won all those games? Because Belichick last year you know, didn't do all that well. He picks uh, a defensive coordinator as the offensive coordinator, which was a mess. Which I'm, I don't, I'll, I'll go to my grave trying to figure that one out, and I think he will as well. But, uh, the, you know, the, the one thing about the Patriots, they do play good defense, and um, I, I do agree in this game, we should be looking at an under and put a gun to my head, and maybe you won't even have to do that. I'll be betting on the underdog. That looks like an under and an under, Victor and Jim Pice. <laughs> There we go. Under and the underdog. I like that. <laughs> well, I agree with you, Jim, too. Here, too. I like the underdog in this football game, and I concur with Victor's and your total in the football game going under in the contest as well. In Philadelphia, you got a very, very popular public team that uh, the public will not get enough of this football season, especially this first week of the season. They've got a lot of hurdles they need to overcome to the Philadelphia Eagles this year, many of them. First of all, they're taking on the toughest schedule in the National Football League this year. That's a real key important point because in the Playbook Football Preview Guide magazine, we do a strength of schedule, and we weigh out the strength of schedule for every team. By our metric, our metric is tallying up the projected season win totals for every team, adding them up and see who realistically is going up against the toughest schedule. That's the Philadelphia Eagles this year. Over the last six years, we've been doing that in the Playbook Preview Guide magazine. These teams that went up against the toughest schedule are just 47 and 41 straight up and 40, 46 and 2 to the spread. But when they're favored, they're 10, 24 and 1 against the spread. That's the role for the Philadelphia Eagles this particular week coming into this contest. They are also the dreaded Super Bowl loser. You can read a lot about that. It's our awesome angle of the week featured in the Playbook football newsletter this week. You can find out exactly what it is and how it involves all these football teams. But I'm with you, Jim. I like the uh, underdog in this football game here as well. I know Belichick's only 25 and 26 in game since Tom Brady left, but he still coaches as well as anybody does in the National Football League. I also like his record at home in season opening games. He's 12 and three straight up in those 15 times he's been in this particular role. I think Philadelphia's a Highly rated, overrated football team. And I'll grab the points with New England with you, Jim, in this football contest as well. I could add something here. They, sure, you know, go ahead. They lost their offensive coordinator. And and that is that is the Colts. Yeah. 
yeah, the, he's now the James Tykin. Yeah, I don't know why the hell he took the job at the Colts. He probably could have got a better job somewhere else because the owner at the Colts is a little bit. He's shaky. I think Mark and I talked about that earlier this morning. Uh, but the the but in any case, that's a transition. You're going from one voice to another voice. And last year, Philadelphia played a very soft schedule. They got a lot of big leads, and they were able to sit on those till the end of the game because they played a very soft schedule. That's not the case this year, as you mentioned, Mark. So I do like the underdog here, and I do like the under. Well, I think it's sort of in our DNA and our blood, uh, Jim. We look for those underdogs first and foremost, and uh, when we can put a knock or two against the favorite, kind of makes us feel a little bit more comfortable in a game like this, and I think that's the case, what we have with New England in this football contest on Sunday. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. I'm visiting with Jim Feist, the legend from Las Vegas, and Victor King from King Creole Sports. As we're going over the football card this weekend, normally our good buddy AI, Andy Isco, would be with us here, but he's got some business in Vegas he's taking care of. But Andy did pre-record a segment on the show, a little bit of a, uh, a preview of what's going on with these contests in Las Vegas. And if you would, Greg, if you want to run that preview that Andy did, I know our listeners would love to see it now. This is our weekly update on the Las Vegas football handicapping contest. Of course, the first week of the NFL begins with Thursday night's game between Detroit and Kansas City. Entries in the contest are still being accepted up until Saturday afternoon, so we won't have a final tally on the number of entries, especially in Circa, where we're concerned about whether or not there will be an overlay. But as of uh, late Tuesday afternoon, we do have the following uh, numbers. Now, for the Westgate Super Contest, uh, that's the one that has the $1,000 entry fee, the granddaddy of all contests. It's been going on for over 30 years. Uh, they are probably not going to achieve, uh, barring a late, uh, a late run on entries, what they had last year when they had 1,600 entries. Now, 1,600 entries is still a lot, but nothing compared to the nearly twice as many that they had uh, pre-COVID. Uh, as a result, they have just hit a, barely a thousand entries this year in the uh, Super Contest Classic, and that's about 300 short of where they were last year at this point, where they ended up with uh, 1,600, 1,598 to be technically correct. Looking at the two contests with the uh, Circa, the Circa Millions and the Circa Survivor, these are the two huge contests that come with minimum guaranteed prize pools. Six million for the Circa Millions, and $8 million for the Circa Survivor. The Circa Millions is the pick five contest uh, designed along the lines of the Westgate contest, five picks per week. Last year, they guaranteed $6 million. They had about 4,600 entries. So they came short. They had about $1,400,000 overlay uh, for the contestants who did enter the contest. This year, as of Tuesday, uh, late Tuesday afternoon, they had just over 4,000 entries. So they're about two-thirds of the way to where they need to be. It's not likely that they're going to reach the $6 million uh, goal, so they will have an overlay. Last year, as I say, it was about a million four. It might be as large, maybe slightly larger this year, because we do have uh, really just about uh, 72 hours or so from as we are uh, reporting this for them to get those needed 2,000 entries. Circus Survivor, which upped its guarantee this year from uh, $6 million to $8 million, that's the contest in which you pick one team per week to win just straight up no points involved 
uh, in that contest. Just pick your team straight up. You can only use a team once. And, of course, uh, this contest has a twist. 18 weeks in the regular NFL season. There are 20 weeks in the contest. Christmas being divided into two weeks. And prior to that, uh, Thanksgiving has uh, two uh, weeks composing for that uh, that period of time, that NFL Weeks contest. Uh, so we remind all the contestants, make sure you've got teams remaining first for Thanksgiving and then a few weeks later for Christmas because you're going to have to make two selections that week, not just uh, one. So that's a total of 20 selections. Uh, I'll talk a little bit just briefly about the strategy for the Survivor Contest because Going back and doing some research, it's not that easy in week one to make a selection. Some people want to save certain teams for later in the year. Others want to use maybe the biggest favorite right away. We don't know what we're going to get out of these teams in week one. We remember what we saw last year. We've seen what we want to take out of preseason games. We've read all the write-ups, listened to all the uh, football experts, all the gurus as to what we can expect. But until these teams take the field, we don't know how they're going to play compared to the expectations. So you may want to think a little bit before getting too cute in week one. Give yourself an opportunity to take a look at uh, how these teams are coming out. Last year, for example, the Tennessee Titans were projected to be a third-time consecutive division-winning team in the AFC South. And indeed, they, they, they did start out something like 7-3, and three, I believe it was. And they ended up dropping seven straight. But the point is, one of those losses that they had early in the year was in the opening week to the New York Giants, a team that ultimately made the playoffs after having not had more than six wins in any of the previous five or six seasons. So don't take the... Um, the cute way out in week one, you may want to take a look at the obvious choices of a, uh, let's call a veteran team that has a lot of consistency from season to season, and then start working on a little bit more of your strategy heading into weeks two, three, and four as the contest involves. That's uh, what we have right now. We don't have actual numbers on the Golden Nugget contest. That contest actually stopped taking uh, entries late Tuesday afternoon. They will probably end up somewhere in the vicinity of 115 to 135 based upon the latest reports, but we'll have the actual number for the Golden Nugget contest, which is the one that combines college football and the NFL in our report next week. But for now, that's a wrap-up as we are on the eve of the start of the NFL season. And I'll send it back to Mark with uh, more of our podcast. Great job once again, as always, Andy, with your contest updates here exclusively on the Mark Lawrence Against the Spread podcast. Now, Andy, like I say, couldn't be here this week, but he did want to leave what he considers to be a top tip on the National Football League card this week. And what it involves is you go back to 1988, there have been a total of 288 of these home favorites of three or more on the first week of the NFL football season. 88 of them have lost outright straight up in these football games. That's 27% of favorites that are favored by three or more have lost the football game. And in all but three of the 35 years, has there been at least one occasion occurring with that this particular season here? So keep an eye on that theory here, guys. These favorites of three or more opening week of the football season, this is where you're going to find some upsets occurring in the week number one of the National Football League card. That's a nice top tip coming from Andy Isco. Jim, what's your theory or thought on that? You think these favorites are a little bit anxious or a little bit overpriced the first week of the season? Well, I think I think everybody's overrated and underrated. It, and and let me explain that because it doesn't make sense on the surface. Uh, they changed the rules years ago where 
hey, we cut down on the preseason games. We cut down on the padded practices. So the, the first few weeks of the season, I'm going to go along with Bill Belichick. Teams are trying to find out who they are. So if you take the first two, three, four weeks of the season, which used to be teams that were more prepared to play at their normal level, they're no longer prepared. They're not in the same kind of shape. They're not in game shape. They haven't hit hit each other as much. Uh, and And I believe that we're looking at teams and we're expecting them to be who we remember them to be. And they're not. So that's why I think something like that would work. And the other thing is, over the years, home field advantage, because you mentioned these are home favorites that are not doing as well as you would expect them to do, uh, if I heard you right. The, so home field advantage is, over the years has been less than ever was. It used to be there were teams like the Seattle Seahawks, <clears throat> excuse me, that had a real strong home field advantage. They don't anymore. Not that they can't win and cover at home, but they don't have the same field, home field advantage as they once did. <clears throat> excuse me. Jim Feist visiting us from Las Vegas with his comment on Andy Isco's theory of fading these week one NFL home favorites that are laying three or more points. And, Victor, you mentioned uh, at the top of the onset of the show about how we generally see unders out of the gate early on in the football season here. Have you seen that to be more of a case with home favorites that are involved in football games or perhaps underdogs? Home underdogs. Uh, This is something that we have advocated for a long time in our totals publication, the totals tip sheet. We're going on 10 years now where – the prudent over-under better is going to bet under the total in any NFL game in which the road team is favored or in which the home team is an underdog. Uh, again, we're, we're 10 years now. We're almost every season. We're anywhere from 56 to 59% under the total. Again, in an NFL game in which the road team is favored. Not only that, but last year was the best year ever in the NFL for these games. And I've got the numbers here. Of course, I'm going to need my glasses. But uh, last year in the NFL, there were 99 games in which the road team was favored. Only 31 of those games went over the total. 68 68 games went under the total. 69% of all games in the NFL last year went under the total. When the road team was favored, it was the best season ever for unders. And as a result, it's no surprise that NFL games last year averaged only 43.8 points per game. So, again, uh, this week in the NFL, I believe there are six games in which the road team is favored. We're not going to be betting the over in any of those games. I'm not saying saying we're going to go low in all six of them, but we're not going to be betting the over in any of them. Why do you think that is, Victor? What do you think the reasons behind that? I mean, the, the perception is, and, and, and Jim, a lot of times when we find something in a database, I try to understand it. I try <laughs> to make sense of it. But sometimes you don't. You just bet it. But in this particular case, the perception when a road team is favored, let's say they're favored by three or more points, obviously that team is significantly better 
than the home team if they're favored by more than a field goal on the road. They're a much higher class team. And these teams, a lot of teams who are good in the NFL, when they get a double-digit lead or a two-touchdown lead, they slow the game down in the second half. They want to run the ball in the second half, quicken the clock, and get out of that road game with a victory. So I think that is the case or the reason for that to hit at such a high percentage. Let me throw another thing at you. Like, Take a look at the Green Bay game at Chicago. And Chicago is now one-point favorite in some places, maybe one and a half in others. When you see a line like that and you're saying Chicago's at home, in the old days we used to say that automatically Chicago's a three-point favorite because they're at home. Well, now when you look at something like that, and we know that the, the home field has been diminished over the years for, for a lot of reasons. Travel, a lot of times the home favoritism is because the road team has more trouble traveling. Well, travel is 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 not that bad anymore, especially if they're using private planes and you know charter charter flights. So now you look at that and you say Chicago's a one-point favorite at home. Automatically, I look at that and say, well, the bookmakers must think that Green Bay is the better team. Because if you swung that around and you took it took the game to Green Bay, you're probably looking at Green Bay four or five point favorite. Uh, agreed, Jim. At one point during the summer, th- th- this game was a lot higher. Chicago was anywhere from a three to four point favorite at home. And because of what a Green Bay looked like in the preseason, uh, the lines come down. Now, there's no more value on the Packers because they're only getting a point. Correct. You could have got, got plus three or more all summer long. Uh, the same thing with the over-under. It opened at 44. It's down to 42. If I liked the under, I should have bet it back in the summer at 42. There's hardly any value in that particular game. You know, guys, when I wrote this game up in the uh, this week's football newsletter, I closed out my comment was uh, WTF, wrong team favored in this football game. <laughs> right. And I did it uh, reluctantly in the fact that what happens if when they kick it off, Green Bay's favored in this football game? Because as you said, Victor, the number has come down in the contest here. But the theory and the thought is still we've seen the Bears favored pretty much from the, from the get-go, and they're still favored yet here today as we're talking. Uh, and one other thing I want to throw out there, guys, and I hope our listeners can appreciate this. When it comes to handicapping, the best part of handicapping is conversation. And like we're having right now with Victor and Jim and mm-hmm. I, because it's where theories and thoughts evolve. Uh, people will often ask, what does the well-oiled machine say? Or, Victor, what is the, what, what's, the, what's the database say about the, the, the total in this particular football game? Well, what really matters is the question you're asking of the database, okay? That's the most important thing. You know, number one, it has to be logical and uh, to, for it to work anyway. But it's the question that you ask is more likely to give you the answer that you want. And you get these questions from conversations, much like we're having here. Jim, much like we had in Las Vegas when we had our five-hour lunch. And <laughs> <laughs> solved every. You know, we're, we're going to have to do that every year because every year there's more problems to solve. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Forget five-hour energy. I like five-hour lunches is what I like. <laughs> hey, we're Mark, busy. 
you couldn't have said it any better, Mark. A database is only as good as the individual and his ingenuity and his imagination right. when running his queries. So, uh, you know, uh, for that reason, again, it's all up to the individual. Uh, you can play around in a database till the cows come home, but unless you're asking it interesting or querying interesting situations and scenarios, it won't pay off for you. I can assure you this. The tip that Andy gave us about home favorites of three or more struggling in the first week of the football season, I guarantee you guys that Victor is going to put that into the database and start working up some over-under results uh, of a situation like that. Why? Because we had a conversation about something like that. You can't think of everything, but when if the conversation is logical and, and you like the meaning of it, that's exactly uh, where things start. So, uh Keep it simple, keep it logical, and ask the right questions. I think that's the key, in fact, of the whole matter here. We go back, we go back a number of years when we started this, and I won't I won't mention numbers of years, but, but it's been a while. You know, we we didn't have databases, we didn't have computers. Uh, I remember conversations I used to have with the great Bob Martin, um, and and how he handicapped games and made lines and things like that. And it was all but basically seat of the pants. We didn't have databases. We didn't have, you know, all the, all the numbers that crunching that the younger people do today, you know, and that's all great. I mean, we have to evolve and we do evolve. The society involves our technology evolves. Even these, what we're doing right now on, with these cameras, bringing us together from all the different locations is is fantastic technology but we have to be able to interpret all these things that we're getting how much of it does apply to today how are we taking you know this is where i would be a seat of the pants guy for the most part but i do take in these metrics that come into play and i do take into the, the trends and things that you talk about so much the both of you um and because and then but the problem then is we sit here and we say, this is what I see here. This is what I see here. and This is what I see. How do I make a decision? So from the people out and the, for the people out there listening to this, that hopefully they understand what I'm trying to say. Maybe I didn't say it easily enough. But how do you make those decisions? Because you're looking at three or four different ways of looking at the same game to come up with a conclusion. Jim, that's a great question all into itself as well. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to get off, uh, veer too far away from what we're talking about here on the show, but the great question, that's the key is what are the logical great questions? One of the things that really kind of irks at me the most is this world we're living in of analytical handicappers. Okay. And analytical handicappers like to shoot down the, the systems, the angles, the trends, because they feel like they've got a little bit more of an edge looking at things analytically. And one perfect example I'm going to give you is the hottest thing that they're looking at these days in the National Football League is called explosive plays. And what are explosive plays? Well, those are plays that uh, a team gains 15 or more yards on any one particular play. That's deemed as a, an explosive play. So my question, I'm going to ask you, Victor, this is uh, knowing that uh, 
teams who do accumulate a larger amount of explosive plays have a much better chance of winning the game and covering the spread. How do you predict when an explosive play is going to happen? I think it's backfitting personally. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that that is a popular topic. I've, I've done, um, uh, I've added that repertoire to with the, uh, my college football handicapping is researching explosive play percentages. Um, I wouldn't say it's the be all end all, but I mean, you touched on it. The more information you can have, the better it is. Uh, nobody ever uh, blamed a football game loss on I had too much information. So whether it's a combination of database and the statistical numbers, uh, still the most information you can come up with a game, the easier it is to pull a trigger. But yeah, explosive plays is also something we look at, Mark, for games that could potentially go uh, over the total as well. Hey, guys, the only thing we're missing in this conversation is coffee. If we had some coffee, we could sit around and chew the fat a little bit longer. But <laughs> we've got a podcast we're going to have to wrap up here. So, Jim, I'm going to ask you this question before I let you go. Is there any NFL football game that uh, catches your fancy that you might want to pass along to our listeners that you might consider a complimentary play? Well, it Let's let's talk about what's happening out there. Cooper Cup was just ruled out. He's not playing this week. And we're looking at a rebuilding team from the Rams to begin with. So now they're going to travel to Seattle, and they're about a five-point. Probably line's going to probably go up. Seattle uh, was a little bit of a surprise, a lot of a surprise last year when they lost Russell Wilson and Geno Smith is in there, and he played very well, especially at the beginning of the year. So with Cup, Cup out of the lineup, and you've got Stafford coming back off the elbow industry in, in injury, and then you have the offensive line, which isn't very good for them in, in the first place. So now we go back to a team where at home Seattle used to be great bet. Well, that hasn't been the case for the last few years. But in this particular case, if we can catch a lower number, maybe you might – I think right now the lowest number you'd find would be a five, but I think it's going to probably move up with cup out. Then you have Kelsey Thursday night. He may not play. And Jones, the defensive lineman who is their best defensive lineman, he probably will not play because he doesn't have a contract. But then, then when you look over at the Pittsburgh game, I and mean, this is the kind of stuff that you have to keep up with. If you want to win money, and that's the only reason I do this. The so now you look at you look at San Francisco, and um, Bosa just signed a hundred and seventy million dollar contract, which is probably more than we get paid for doing this. You think so? <laughs> collectively, <laughs> yeah. But so so he's gonna he he's gonna play at Pittsburgh, which which is big, which is big because San Francisco is a very good team, but Pittsburgh is a very good team as well, and they're well coached. So what I would say at this point in the year, new, and we don't know anything about these teams really because we haven't seen them play together at all in the preseason because in the preseason they don't do that. So what I look for is continuity. Who's my head coach? Has he been there for a while? Who's my offensive coordinator? Has he been there for a while? Defensive coordinator, as well, but not as much as the offensive and the head coach because 
this league has changed a lot to being a 60, 65% mostly offensive league. So I look for those kind of edges before I make a bet. And I will say this. At this point in time, I do not think the odds makers have factored in how bad the Arizona Cardinals are. They are barely a good college team at this point in time. So I would have no problem anybody playing against them for at least until the bookmakers catch up with them. Sage advice from a sage handicapper in Las Vegas, Jim Feist. Jim, as always, a great job on the show this week. I'm going to wish you nothing but the best of success this week. I look forward to visiting with you once again here next week on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. And I'm going to tell you one more thing before you go. The check is in the mail. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Very funny. Nice being with you guys. Good luck this week. Likewise, that was Jim Feist joining us from Las Vegas with his sage advice on this weekend's National Football League card. I'm visiting with Victor King from King Creel Sports. We're getting his take on the card. Before I move over to our next segment, my awesome angle of the week, I'm going to share with you Andy Isco left with us his free complimentary play. You also want to check out his Logical Approach weekly football news that are logged on at thelogicalapproach.com. And he did a terrific job on this first issue of the National Football League. Check that out. And also check out the New York Giants plus the points against Dallas for his complimentary call. With that, let me move over to our awesome angle of the week, our next segment here on the show. The college football road favorite in game three of the season who won their first two games of the season by 25 or more points in each contest. If they're taking on an opponent who allows 20 or fewer points a game, you've got a pretty good defense. You've got a football team that's on the road in game three who's really fat and sassy about their start to the season. We fade these guys largely because since 1980, they're only 4-19 and 19 against the spread. Turn that around, that's a 19-4 winning angle, 83% to the money. We'll be fading Notre Dame and playing NC State for our reality check. Awesome angle on the football card this weekend. And with that, let's move over to our final segment on the show this week. And once again, Victor and I are going to share with you our complimentary plays on the football card. This final segment is also being brought to you by our friends at uwager.lv, where the world bets, and they want to let me to let you know that every customer at uwager.lv gets a 5% monthly rebate on all of your losses. That's a pretty generous offer. 5% rebate on all of your losses exclusively at uwager.lv. Check it out for your 5% bonuses and the NFL handicapping contest this week. It's all available online at uwager.lv. With that, over to you for your complimentary play. I know that I say a couple of friends out there, Jeff the Guitar Man, a couple other people, they've been Jones since his last football season wanting to know what Tuco's been up to, so I think Tuco might be jumping into the show for this segment here. Right. Tuco is one of our uh, two dogs that uh, uh, enjoy the spotlight in our totals tip sheet publication. Uh, Before I get to his uh, free play for the week, uh, first off, Mark, I wanted to say something to our – podcast watchers and listeners and anybody last week who sent us a uh, a youtube message or a text or even an email um you know about this uh 
difficult summer that the King family has had. Of course, uh, mom passed away in May. Younger brother Bob passed away two weeks after him. We've been hit by COVID multiple times this summer. And again, I, I want to thank everybody who just sent a kind word. It, uh, it makes me feel a lot better about human nature, that there are some really nice people out there. And again, I, I do right. want to thank everybody. Um, with that said, let's get excited again, Mark, if we can. You know, uh, something that I downloaded today from PlaybookSports.com, guess what? Issue number one of the 2023 Wise Guy Contest. Oh, there we go. This this is a contest that Mark Lawrence and Playbook sponsored for a long time throughout the 2000s. During the 2020 season, we stopped the contest. We haven't run it for three years. Mark was very, very adamant. He wanted to rerun the contest again, beginning with the 2023 season. We're very excited we got multiple people here in the playbook offices who have joined the contest. This is the download of all 44 people in the contest and their week one selections. And again, there's some name brand and really good handicappers on this. I mean, uh, uh, of course, the, the, the playbook people, uh, Andy Isco, our buddy Ed Meyer from Killer Sports. Of course, the Michaels family, Ralph Michaels and Jeff Michaels, Joe Lisi, Kelly in Vegas. Marco D'Angelo, Norm Hitchkiss, our buddy out there in Dallas. Of course, Prime Sports Network has joined us. Our producer, Greg, as well. Rocky Atkinson. It's a who's who of very good handicappers. It's the Wise Guy Contest. You can sign up for the full season, again, at PlaybookSports.com. And, Mark, I'm very excited about the contest. Thank you for bringing it back. Hey, my pleasure, Victor. I know the, I, it's it's in its thirty something year. I, you know, I, I I lost a tally when COVID hit me to shut it down for a couple of years. So we're thirty plus years with the Wise Guy contest, and it still remains very popular. And I appreciate your acknowledging that that we're bringing it back this year. Right now, with that said, we're going to put Tuco on the hot seat. And again, as I mentioned at the top of the show, and also during my uh, you know over under segment where I run through a review of last season. That's required watching as well. But again, Tuchel is going to come out firing with two team totals each week in the totals tip sheet, and this is one of those. And again, when you play a team total, remember what you're doing is you're not betting the over-under for both teams in a full game. All you're doing is wagering on one team's over-under in that given game. And in this particular game, we're going to the 1 o'clock kickoffs on Sunday, and we're going to the game that has the highest point spread of the week. And, of course, that would be the Houston Texans on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. At last look, Baltimore was favored by 10 points, and it had a pretty low over-under line of 43.5 to 44 points. Tuco's play is on the Baltimore Ravens to score over 26 and a half points. That's their number in this particular game. Tuco doesn't know what's going to happen with the Houston Texans on their road in their very first game with a rookie C.J. Stroud quarterback. We don't know how many points they're going to score, but we can feel confident that Baltimore will score 27 or more particular points in this game. Let's not forget, for quarterback Lamar Jackson, this could be the strongest complement of offensive skill position players that he has ever had. Okay, number one wide receiver, Rashawn Bateman, healthy. 
They signed Odell Beckham in the offseason. Beautiful wide receiver rookie pick, uh, Zay Flowers from Boston College. You got a one-two tandem at tight end, as good as any in football. You got three quality running backs, and you got Lamar Jackson. And what we really, really like is the fact that they've changed offensive coordinators in the offseason. They're going Todd Monken, the guy who coached at Georgia. And that's it. Remember, we talked about that last week, how it's important to check those offensive coordinator changes in both college football and in the NFL. What I like about this one, guys, is that Baltimore consistently has come out like gangbusters in their first game of the season. In the last five years, they've averaged 39 points per game on offense in game one. In addition, I went into the database when Baltimore is favored by seven or more points as a conference favorite, they've averaged 32.3 points per game last five years. Against the AFC South Division, they've averaged 31.4 points per game last five years. Uh, as game one through four home favorites in the last five years, 31.1 points per game. And finally, in their last two meetings against Houston, they scored 41 and 33 points. On the flip side, you know what you're getting in Houston. They were a bottom three defense last year. They've allowed 31 points per game in their game ones against any non-division opponent. So there you have it. This is one of Tuco's plays. It's a team total. It's on Baltimore to score over 26 and a half points. I mean, they could easily score 34, 35, 37, 38. Either way, we've got a fairly... Uh, easy line to work with. Tuco's play the Ravens to score over 26 and a half points. That's Tuco's team total for week one. And how do you think John Harbaugh feels, Victor, after losing his last two preseason games on a run of 25 consecutive preseason wins in a row? He'll be jonesing for this football game. He'll be looking to take it out on somebody, and he has a tailor-made opponent in the uh, Texans. Exactly. So, that's Tuco's play, the Baltimore Ravens to go over their team total. Before I get to my complimentary play on the football card this week, I want to remind you that the Playbook Football Newsletter is available now, as is the Playbook Totals tip sheet. You can download them at playbooksports.com. And remember, the Playbook Football Newsletter swept the board a perfect 3-0 on our best bets last week. And one more little note here, maybe a big note here, Every year I do an NFL opening week play of the year. We've gone 17 and four the last 21 years in this play. This NFL football cart, I think this weekend is absolutely loaded. It's all part of a $99 football weekend of winners. You can check that out online at playbooksports.com. With that, let's move on to my complimentary play on Saturday's college football card. And we're going to stay inside of the state of North Carolina, where last week Mac Brown had it all his way when he took out South Carolina and avenged a loss that he suffered to the Gamecocks two years ago in the Dukes-Mayo Bowl game. Now he's going to play host to Appalachian State, the little redhead stepchild inside the state here who will come with everything they've got in a football game like this. I think this is an ideal let's-down spot. And what do we have in Appalachian State? How about a football team that is 9-1 against the spread the last six years when taking points? They lost last year 63-61. to 61. I don't know if you remember that wild finish of that football game last year, and I'm sure they're chewing on that, much like North Carolina chewed on that loss to South Carolina in that bowl game. You're going to find a very inspired Appalachian State football team. I'll grab them plus the points 
against North Carolina for my complimentary play on Saturday's college football card. And that's going to put the final wraps in this edition of Mark Lawrence against the spread. I want to welcome our, thank our co-host, I should say, Victor King from King Creel Sports on another fantastic job on the show as he always does each and every week. Andy Isco joining us from Las Vegas with his timely reports and our good friend Jim Feist from Las Vegas joining us live with his overview and take on the National Football League card. Until next week, once again, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always. 